Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work, today we're talking to two of my very good friends about how they turned their passion into a ministry and have spent the last 20 years of their lives investing in missionaries right here in St. Petersburg. Welcome to the I Work For Him show, Tom and Lois Wilson with Missionary Ministries. Hey, glad to be here. So glad to have you here today. All right, I wanted to read. I wanted to read this scripture verse. I don't know if it's from your website, but I just thought it really applied. It might. I might have taken it off your website, Tom. But it says in First Corinthians nine fourteen. In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. You guys spend each and every day supporting those who preach the good news across the globe by giving them a way to drive when they come home from being across the globe. And we here, the body of Christ, is grateful for what you do for those missionaries each and every day. And I wanted Tampa Bay to hear how you guys are making an impact and how the Lord has been doing it. And what's next? And so, you know, God threw you guys into my life from a good buddy of ours, Jim Terry, 
couple of years ago, just, hey, Jim, can you help them fix their computers? And I've grown to love you two so much. I wanted my listeners in Tampa Bay to hear how God is using you guys each and every day. But before we get to that conversation, everybody that's on my show, they always have to answer this question. How is Jesus Christ making an impact on your life today? Lois? How long is the show? Well, the show's only an hour, Lois, and we want to talk about some other things, so you'll have to minimize your comments a little bit. Well, if you personally, I guess if it, I look at it personally first, because if I'm not right with the Lord, nothing else around me is going to be right with the Lord. So I've found that ever since the beginning of January this year, man, the Word's just been so real, and He's just brought it more, and I've been, He's been growing me and growing me and growing me, and this has impacted every area of my life. And I've seen it in the ministry. I've seen it in just just every day, just everything. And so I'm just really thankful for everything. Like I can talk about what he's do, what what he's doing for me, but what he's doing in me is much more important. And that is such an encouragement to everybody listening out there that when you even though you've been maybe chasing after the Lord and you're and maybe approaching fifty, Lois is just past fifty, and the Lord is still <laughs> actively working in her life inside of her, refining her, even in those years past 50 and that's such a huge encouragement and I'm so glad to hear that because I know I'm not done being refined and I know that that refining process takes all of our lives and then we're still not there but it's so grateful it's so great to hear that every day he's still refining you and that's just so awesome Tom how's Christ making an impact on your life well Christ's made a great impact on my life when I changed from having a, a religion to a relationship it makes the difference in the world that I say we can follow things that uh, denominations and things have taught us of how we should act as Christians. But until that becomes personal, until we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and realize that he wants to be part of our everyday life, every moment of our life, 24 hours a day, it makes a total difference. Yeah, it really does. It's so huge. And you guys should see Lois's big smile. I mean, these, <laughs> how many years have you guys been married? Be 40 this year. 40 years. It's awesome. In now, September. In September. Should I ask you the date time? Would you be able to pull that off? Yes. Okay, what September date? September 27th. Very good. Okay, just checking. <laughs> I don't often do that to guys in front of their wives, just in case they stumble. Ivan, do you know your anniversary? Okay, he says <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's no way to verify that right now. Okay. All right, so tell me, what does missionary ministries do? What, what do you guys do? Missionary ministries supplies automobiles for missionaries, pastors, and Christian workers when they have a need here in the state of Florida. On average, we lend the vehicle for 30 days at no cost to them. They can help us uh, by a donation if they want to, but we look after that car 24-7 no matter where they go in Florida. If they break down, I'm going there to help them. Putting the trailer behind the van and going. Yes, sir. All right, so, but Lois, there's a lot of paperwork involved in what you do. I mean, you're spending, I mean, you spend all day long in front of your computer, don't you? Almost. Almost all day. Now, don't be humble on the show. I want people to know. <laughs> What's incredible is most people don't think about, okay, missionaries, they sell everything, and they go overseas, and when they come home to go see family or in order to raise more money, they need a way to get around. Well, they can go rent a car, but renting a car gets to be very cost prohibitive. I mean, it's a big, big, big dollar number. And so what you guys do, because you guys were very humble in how you described it, you guys make it possible for missionaries to get a vehicle so they can go drive and see family. They can drive and go and do fundraising. They can drive and go meet people that are helping support them. And if they don't have the means to pay for it, 
you guys will let them do it for free for 30 days, Mm -hmm. which is so huge because how many people have that ability to go drive a car for free for 30 days? Not very many. Right. Not very many. And but yet you guys are serving people who have given up everything for the gospel all over the world. I mean, you guys really are servicing people that are going all over the world and coming back to Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So if, if that's the case, I mean, that's why I wanted you on here, because what you guys do is so behind the scenes. It's one of those servant hearted things that, you know, it, it's like the janitor in the church. Nobody ever thanks a janitor for clean bathrooms and clean floors. You guys are providing cars for the missionaries that we support. I know I got one of them right now. I know is driving one of your cars, one of my buddies who's a missionary in Brazil. So it's it's fascinating what you guys do, yet most people don't realize how much work it is. And that's I want people to understand that today because you guys probably don't have 20 years in front of you to continue this ministry on your own. But you might. <laughs> well, well, that's in the Lord's hands. I but, I say they, but you're not dropping <laughs> transmissions 20 years from now, Tom. No, I say we are. We're 65 plus. So I say they're. Uh, we have to start looking at the future. Uh, and, you know, we are believing the Lord for someone to come alongside uh, that has, a number one, a calling from the Lord that would want to uh, do this type of ministry, and they need to really be willing to serve because this takes a lot of serving that, that you don't get any compensation other than from the Lord for it. Well, every once in a while, people thank you. Every once in a while, right? They do thank once you. Once in a while, yeah. Once in a while. A lot of times. I know. I know. There's 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 one of my sayings in ministry that's a lot of times some good deeds don't go unpunished. Uh, but a lot of people are very grateful, but not always are people grateful. And I, I find that, but it's <laughs> whenever I go to fix somebody's computer, there's always something else going to break on it while I'm on there. But I'm grateful now you have a newer computer, so I'm grateful, Tom. Because that one you had from the 14th century was just time. It was time for it to go. All right. So describe for me what you guys do each and every day in this ministry. Because in, in my, my goal as part of this show today is that the Lord has prompted somebody's heart to be listening today that, that loves the Lord, that wants to serve those people that have given up everything to go overseas, that, that loves cars, that knows a lot about cars, that understands also the administrative tasks. So Lois, I want to talk about some of those. But we're praying for a way to perpetuate this ministry because you have a fleet of vehicles that needs to be maintained, that needs to be cleaned, put out there for service. Lois, you've got, I've seen your paperwork. You've got a tremendous amount of paperwork. <laughs> Somebody that, that loves the Lord, that really wants to keep servicing ministries and maybe even take it to a fleet of vehicles from 18 vehicles to maybe 38 vehicles or 88 vehicles. Somebody that has the ability. Well, we got to think big, don't we, Lois? <laughs> I, I'm I mean, how, how many vehicles could you, if you guys had 50 vehicles, could you keep them busy? Well, but you know, we got to have the people. If we have fifty vehicles, well, we have I understand. to have the people. But if you had fifty, could you keep them? Could you keep uh, missionaries in them all the time? There'd still be missionaries that we'd have to turn down because there's not enough oh, cars. That's just amazing. Recently, I was at a conference with. Uh, uh, it was the first one ever held in St. Louis of uh, mission uh, missions that supply automobiles, and there's one agency there, Righteous Rides, that has seventy eight vans, and they are booked a year ahead of time, or else you can't get a vehicle. The and demand is tremendous. So they can go around and say, hey, man, we got rides that are righteous. And righteous. Sorry. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> but the. the <laughs> Come on, Tom. The general it's conference. Supposed to be funny. Okay. Sorry. The general con- uh, consensus was that we are not being able to meet the need at all. So there's and a And it's huge a, such need. a huge geography difference that the closest any ministry is to us is Atlanta, Georgia. And they only have two vehicles. 
Oh, my. Wow, that's just incredible. So, okay, so on a day-to-day basis, what is it that you guys do? Lois, let's start with you. And i got to ask you to just get a little closer to the microphone. What is it that you do on a day-to-day basis? Man, I don't know where to start. It depends on what's needed. I, I do all, well, I do all the emails. And those um, emails are from missionaries going, hey, do you have a car? Here's when yeah, we're coming home. Yeah. They send an email requesting a vehicle. Then I do send them all our information, our ministry information. I send them the application form if we can help them. If we can't, I send them the link where they can go to to find a possible help. Um, I do li- a lot of, I have to make a lot of lists up, a lot of keeping uh we have an issue going on with tolls so i have to keep a list on vehicles going out in the tolls who has what car so that we catch the things and just that's right with this whole sun pass thing change with no more toll booth people they're all yeah that's a very difficult problem right now that uh they say our board has suggested that we put uh get a person to that we purchase some of the patches and then have them available so that when they pick up a car they can go right ahead and register it because right now we're getting the tolls from all over sent to us. Oh yeah, by, plus a surcharge fee. Plus a ch- plus, surcharge yeah. fee. And that's not good. That's not good management for the Lord. But oh the no, money. that's right. Because if the fee is a hundred or dollar twenty-five, you're getting a it's bill for three fifty. It's two fifty. Two fifty on top the administration fee. Yeah, no, that's bad. Okay, sorry, I interrupted, but that was that's, a, okay. that's a huge thing. It's a huge change in Florida just in the last six months. She has to know what vehicle and what person is driving it when we get those toll things. And that's why or it's so important. Yeah. The other big problem has been the red light cameras in Florida. That's $158. You don't have missionaries running red lights, do you? Well, maybe sometimes they couldn't stop. We'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Or sometimes maybe they didn't not realize. Sure, because they've been driving. <laughs> they've been driving in the in the South America or in, in the Caribbean, where stoplights are only a suggestion, and speed limits are only a suggestion. I mean, really, I've driven in the. I've not driven. I've ridden in those countries. There, I mean, there's. I mean, what? Yeah. Wow. That. What, I mean, I think people drive horrible here in Florida. Then you go to the, the South America, and coming back here is actually relaxing, which that's hard to believe. I uh, used to uh, do newsletters. I haven't done a newsletter in a while, but we still have our prayer ministry, and I have to do that monthly. Um, do up the donation receipts on the computer. Oh, it just goes on and on you're and on. You're balancing the books, right? You're balancing the books. Well, well, okay. You're you're tracking them. Really. You're tracking the money. They don't balance. <laughs> no. I understand. Um, I just I you know just whatever is I have to do on that computer and phone calls just. just it's just and whatever Tom needs help with, I I want to be there to do to support him. Scheduling, you're doing scheduling, right? No, Tom, Tom does, does all the scheduling. Schedule. Well, I help him with that. Right. We both we work at. I found since January this year, the beginning we've become more of a team than ever, haven't we, honey? Yes. You, like you had a choice to answer that question any other way. If you'd have no. said no, you'd have been in deep trouble after the show. Haven't we, honey? No. Yeah, that would have been a bad answer. Lois, I can't believe you did that to him after 40 years. But it's true. He well, just said so himself the other day, too. The, okay. It's very important what Lois does as well. Uh, we both have our functions. And without her on the computer, Lois did go away for two weeks to help her sister. In you Canada. let her take a vacation. Oh, that wasn't yes. a vacation. Weren't you helping your sister move? She, no. Well, <laughs> she was helping her with an operation and move. She was also move. well. I decided I would try to do the computer <laughs> besides my other work. And Lois very carefully wrote out everything I was to do. And I called her most nights to uh, make sure I was doing it correctly. But I, it was just a very little taste of what she does. And I say it it's very important. I'm you so glad so she good, is with me. You? I didn't have too many problems. 
But I'm not. I'm not a computer person. He did really well for the first time. Well, so so the key to the person helping you perpetuate this ministry, helping the Lord perpetuate this ministry in the future, they have to have an administrative side. But Tom, when we come back, we really need to talk about the car side because what you do, the the really the coolest thing about this, back in the 2000s and the 90s, people could donate cars to any kind of nonprofit and then write off the entire Kelly Blue Book retail value. Now the IRS caught on to that deal. That's no longer a great deal. But to you, people can donate good running cars and actually get to write off the retail value of that car because you guys use those cars in the ministry. That's right. And we want to talk about that because you could always use good used cars donated to your ministry. You could use it whether they're whether you got to sell them off and use the money or whether you actually use those cars. Those cars are valuable to you. Talking in studio today with Tom and Lois Wilson about their ministry called Missionary Ministries and how they minister to missionaries each and every day by providing them transportation when they're home on furlough or home for an emergency visit. Missionaries need cars, and that's what Tom and Lois Wilson do right here out of St. Petersburg. And we're talking about how do you perpetuate that ministry, and what does it take? How did God move them into this ministry? But before we get back to Tom and Lois, it's time for our book highlight segment. Our book today is Halftime, written by Bob Buford. Here's an explanation. Are you ready to move into the second half of your life? Bob Buford believes the second half of your life can be better than the first. Much better. But first, you need time to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. In halftime, Bob Buford focuses on the important time of transition, the time when, as he says, a person moves beyond the first half of the game of life. It's halftime, a time of revitalization and catching a new vision for living the second half, the half where life can be lived at at its most rewarding. Midlife, halftime, it doesn't have to be a time of crisis, it can be a catalyst for purpose, impact, and growth. Bob Buford provides the encouragement and insight to propel your life on a new course away from mere success to true significance and the best years of your life. Call into the studio line right now, 855-265-2929. And remember, read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, Tom, I want people to hear right before we get to the bottom of the half hour. What is it you do on a day-to-day basis? I mean, Lois, Lois just talked about her tasks. It takes, them 60 or, takes her 60 or 70 hours a week. What are you doing out in the lounge chair while she's working on administrative tasks? <laughs> uh, I don't have a lounge chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the hammock out between the trees? No, I don't have one of those either. I have a workspace. Uh, first of all, most mornings, I start my morning about before 6 a.m., and I try to have breakfast every morning at 6. But then I go out to the, our office, which is part of our home, and normally there's emails and application forms that I look over, and I try to schedule to see if we can uh, help person with vehicle. If I do, I write a note, and it goes back over into Lois's desk. So then it's her situation then. then I, so you pass the buck. I pass the buck, okay. and I look on my schedule, see what cars have to go out uh, that day and also the cars that I have to prepare for the balance of the week. And then uh, we have a facility just over from where we live that the United Methodist Church has given us to work on the automobiles. And Give them so a free I, plug. What's United Methodist Church? It's Leelman United Methodist Church. There they have been very cooperative with us. They supply our parking lot for us, and they supply a place that I can work on the automobiles. So That's I head awesome. over there a lot of the time. And you're working on cars, you're detailing cars, you're cleaning cars, you're fixing cars... 
You're checking fluids. You're doing everything. Yeah, we have a maintenance list every time that when the vehicles come in that they have to go out nice and clean and everything checked on them from air pressure in the tires to oil everything. If they need an oil change, we uh, take them and get the oil change done on them. If there's anywhere close to the 3,000 miles, we go get the oil change so that it doesn't run out when they're having the car. <laughs> anyway, Tom and Lois Wilson were brought in my life from a good friend of mine, Jim Terry. Hey, Jim, can you help these guys out with their computers? They could use a little bit of help. And I said, no problem. And so over the last two and a half years, I have grown to love these two people. They support missionaries each and every day, kind of behind the scenes stuff. It's like feeding hungry people. Nobody gives credit to the people that feed the hungry people. These guys provide cars to missionaries coming off the field on furlough or for emergencies. If somebody needs a ride, a lot of times these missionaries cannot afford to rent a car. Tom and Lois and Missionary Ministries found online at missionaryministries.com. Org. Org. .org, missionaryministries.org. These guys provide these vehicles to missionaries so they can drive and see their families and fundraise and do all those other things. What I want to hear from you guys' heart, Tom and Lois, is as this ministry needs to grow because there's so much of a need out there and it needs to perpetuate when you guys are no longer able to do all that you do, I want people to hear how God led you to this ministry. How did he do it, Lois? How did he convince you to move from up north in Canada down here to Florida? How did he do it? Oh, dear. Um, Tom was, uh, we were asked if we would come to D&D Missionary Homes. And uh, they, they talked to us a few years ago about if, if we would think about coming down at that time and we didn't feel that the Lord was in that but uh, they wanted uh, us to come down I, I believe it was Mr. Fogle who was the director he came up to uh, Tom worked at Elam Lodge in Canada and uh, he asked Tom if he would consider coming down to D&D Missionary Homes and work there well anyway I didn't want to come so it was like Dragon Anyway, I understand you were attached to all the snow, the cold, no, and the mosquitoes. It was just my family was there, and, oh, I, and family. I wasn't too excited about leaving. But anyway, we we did we ended up coming down, and I felt more used than anything. But for anybody that's out there, I want you to know that God doesn't make a mistake, and you can trust Him, and you can believe in what He tells you to do. And if you think it's uh, goofy, just do it anyway, because God, <laughs> God, God's just so awesome, and He 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 never. He never sends you wrong. He loves the goofy. He loves the goofy, and I'm one of them. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Tom, that's when you don't comment. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, we did come down, and we worked at D&D Missionary Homes, and we saw the need. Uh, Tom saw it more than I did because he was with the missionaries all the time. I worked in the library. And D&E missionaries, just so people know, they provide housing for missionaries coming off of uh, on furlough, coming home for emergencies because people need housing that they can't afford to rent a hotel. So that works right alongside what you guys do. Yeah. I always wanted to be a missionary. And I didn't realize a missionary really doesn't have to go to the foreign field. A missionary is a missionary right here wherever you are, whether you're in school, whether you're in uh, work in a department store. You're a missionary to everybody around you. And that's what's important because people need to know Jesus because there's so many people that don't know him. But anyway, let me get back to this. Um, when, while we were at D&D Missionary Homes, we worked there for 12 years. And I don't know what year it would be. Went there in 1997. In 2001, we were given a car, which we thought was for 
our own personal use because we had a need in our family at that time. It turned out it wasn't for that use. And I'm going to let Tom tell you that story because that's a that's a big thing, but that's how we got started with this ministry. And I, it's just been, we've just seen God do amazing things. I mean, wow. Yeah, the God has to do a lot of things to impress me in order to get my attention. And to make the story as short as I can there, we were given an automobile by one of the people that uh, was one of the volunteer workers there. And... I had asked for his car because he was moving away, and he told me that he had donated the car to D&D Missionary Homes, and I told him that was too bad, that I would have liked to have the car. So his daughter went to church with us, and she said, I heard that you wanted Daddy's car. And I said, yes, but I didn't speak up soon enough. I said, D&D has it. She said, can you buy it? I said, no, I have no money on there. She said, well, let me see what I can do. Now to fast forward quite a few weeks later, they came to my door with the keys to the car. They just told me, we just bought it back from D&D Missionary Homes. They were asking $1,200, and we gave them 1000 for it, and here's your car. That just floored me that God would give me this car absolutely free, but I didn't know what to do with it. But then God showed me that I was to give it away to be used, and I, I wanted to give the car away completely, just one time, just give it away. But that God had a different idea, a much better idea in that he brought missionaries along who told me they only needed a car for a short period of time. And after I had two come along and I refused them, the third one, his car broke down right in our driveway. <laughs> so God will always get your attention somehow. And when he said I needed to get to service tonight at Wednesday, he said, you don't know where I could get a car. I said, I have one in my backyard. And right after that incident, God spoke to me, that's what I want you to do. You're going to give that car and give it and give it and give it. And that's was the whole start of how we got going. So what year car was that? What, what, what kind of car was It was a 1992 Nissan Stanza. 1990? Do you still have that car? No, that car burned up on the Skyway Bridge. That's a story <laughs> of its own. <laughs> well, but that's good. Wow, so it was a it was a it was actual sacrifice then on the Sunshine Skyway. <laughs> a, a burnt offering. All right, so but God laid on your heart to say, hey, okay, I'm going to give you vehicles, and you just need to lend these out to people who are serving me and perpetuate this and perpetuate this because you're going to be serving my servants. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Lois and I took the responsibility on ourselves, and then very soon we saw that the Nissan was too small for families, so we prayed for a van, and the Lord supplied us a van, and then he supplied us another car, and D&D hosts... Uh, some lawyers during the summertime that wanted to work with the Christian Law Association and one of them that I knew quite well, he said, you guys, you're taking all the responsibility of this yourself. On And we were, people were starting to give us money to help us what we were doing and he said, we need to start a ministry. We never wanted to start a ministry, but God wanted us to. So that's how you came up with a nonprofit called Missionary Ministries dot org Missionary Ministries dot org, and so you guys because you guys had a big liability exposure. You have the exposure of the cars on the on the on the road. You also have the cost of the vehicle that's out there and the maintenance for the vehicles. There was a lot of exposure for you guys to take on, but you did it all in faith. But God has used your willing hearts to serve. How many missionaries have you guys served over the last? Well, that's almost fifteen years. Uh, I would say thousands of men. We are on average do a th uh, between 100 and 120 missionary families a year. Families. Families. Okay. And they're on average, they're getting those vehicles for a month. I mean, do most people rent them for a month from you? Or? Usually they don't rent them. Well, I know. They're renting them for free, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get them. They get them for about a month. 
We do make some slight exceptions where if they're here only for five weeks, sometimes six, that we do go the extra uh, for them. Uh, but on average, our term is, is 30 days. So your needs as a ministry, it's very, very cool. A lot, of, again, you guys are based out of St. Pete. And so a lot, like you said, Lois, a lot of people don't even think of missions as they most, they think of missions as a foreign mission field. Mm-hmm. You guys are local missionaries, although it's foreign for you because you grew up in Canada, eh? <laughs> so, you know, but we have less mosquitoes down here and less snow and less cold. But no family. I, I did any of your family follow you down here? Your kids? Yes, they came to, to they came down here to college before we came. Oh, the kids had. And uh, then we came down here. Then we were free to go. But mom, dad, brothers, sisters, none of them followed you guys down here. No, no. Wow. They've been trying to talk us to go back. Keep <laughs> telling them we're not. Why would you go back? I don't understand. <laughs> because that's where our country was. Well, I know, and I miss I miss Minnesota. So I understand the draw of the north. But I also understand as I get older. That won't be as much of a draw, but right now it's still a draw. <laughs> All right, so the kind of needs you guys have for your ministry, number one, you need you need good quality used vehicles to be donated. I mean, if somebody's going to take a car and, and a car dealer is going to give them $1,000 for a car that runs, that car may be worth as a tax write-off to them two or 3000 depending on the retail value. That's the amount they would get off their taxes, and you can use that vehicle to supply it to mm-hmm. them. Right. If they give us a car that works, they say on the uh, tax form that the IRS has, we have to state that we're going to use it for ministry purposes. Right. If we do that, then uh, they are allowed to have fair market value of the vehicle. And like you say, the dealer may have offered them $1,000 or less for the automobile, but then they say the value of that car might be quite a bit more than that. Well, the dealers are always making two grand minimum on a used car. I was a car dealer. I know. They're, they're making they're making two grand minimum, and sometimes they're making three or four. I had a friend of mine that traded in, and this killed me because I was going to get this car for you guys, but I found out about two hours too late. It was a 2002 Mazda 3, four-door, five-speed. Now, I know that that sounds great for missionaries, five-speed, although if they're driving in South America, the five-speeds are no big deal to them. And they gave it had 70, maybe 90,000 miles on it, and they gave them two grand for this car. That car all day long is six grand on the internet. All day long. Mazda 3s are a hot commodity. It made me almost want to vomit that I couldn't get my hands on that car. We we had a, a vehicle that's very similar to that. I spoke at one church, and uh, I told the lady, the lady that happened to respond that I was looking for a Buick. And she went and ordered a new Buick, and they offered her less than $1,000 for her Buick. It was a Buick LeSabre. And it had only 80,000 miles on it. Did it have a 3.8 liter in it? One of those yes, vehicles? It did. <laughs> it did. And those and things go forever. We used the vehicle for seven years. Yeah, they're fantastic. <laughs> so it was a great thing that they say. She was. She had heard me speak, and she wanted. She was willing to give it to us rather than get that less than $1,000 for that car. Four-door cars, minivans, not European cars, I imagine. You probably don't want a lot of European cars. They're too expensive you know, to fix. The European are, are more expensive. Uh, expensive to fix, but you know, Toyotas and Nissans work really well. Well, and those aren't European. That's why they work really well. So the Japanese <laughs> cars are great. Your American cars are great. Easier to repair. And it's great if they can donate a great car that works to you and the AC works. That's a vehicle you can oh, yeah. use over and over and over. Yeah, it, cars without AC are probably not a lot of value to you. No, but they say they are a value that they can say if we tell the people that if we're not going to use them, then we do sell them. Right. And uh, 
any finances we get is very helpful. Right. So so that's a need for you, but also help for perpetuation because you guys aren't 20 anymore. And this ministry needs to go on because this is a huge need. As you said, you met with how many other ministries that do this nationwide? 12. 12 other ministries that service our country of 350 million people. And how many min- missionaries come overseas? And you're saying this is, I mean, are you servicing 1% of the market or one-tenth of a percent of the market, no. maybe? Yeah, Very little. Very, Very little. little. So there's such a huge need for this. So we're looking for people that may have a vision for, hey, I want to be used by the Lord. I love cars. I love service. I want to work a ministry that's behind the scenes, serving the servants. And they've got to, they've got to have an administrative mind because they got to be able to do what you do, or they got to partner with somebody that's got an administrative mind. They got somebody that's got a car mind and a love for cars and a love for organization. These are people that could really help and really be from right here from St. Pete because this area alone. I mean, how many requests do you get, Lois, a year for car usage? Oh, I don't know. Well, give me a guess. You say you're 200, servicing two hundred, maybe. So, oh, we get more, maybe more than that. I think, honey. So, I mean, but you you're able to help a hundred to one hundred and twenty missionary families a year. Do you have double that request or triple that no, request? No, um, we get a lot of people that want to use it out of states. Oh, okay. And so, so you don't let them take it out of state. No, not our cars. They well, stay and really, in Florida. Well, in Florida, since you can go sixteen hours from Pensacola to Key West, that's still a pretty stinking big state. Have you ever had to go to Key West to rescue somebody? No, but I've gone to Miami in a hurricane to pick up people. What about Pensacola? They drug you up that way? Uh, not all the way to Pensacola, Jackson- but almost. <laughs> Jacksonville. But it, Jacksonville and places around that I say at any time, day or night. I have had calls when I've had to leave at 11 o'clock at night when they're returning home from a church. And then the car is broken down and I have to go tow them back. Mm. So you could use people to help you with that kind of stuff, too. I mean, midnight runs for cars, somebody <laughs> that knows how to drive a truck or a van and a trailer, load a car, tie strap it down. That, that's, yeah. that's not easy work. No, most people don't volunteer when it's 11 o'clock at night. No, that's a great time because of the, a quiet time in your car when you're going to pick up a car in Jacksonville. There's no better time to go to Jacksonville than 11 o'clock at night because any time in between here and there is not pretty because my son lives up there and it's never pleasant to drive up that way. When you look at what the Lord has done over these these last, all these years you've been doing this, would, do you have any regrets in doing it? No. Absolutely not. No. Is it the best years of your life serving the servants? It is. Oh, yeah. Uh, the joy that you get from it, you can't comprehend it any other way. That uh, I know Lois has made comment uh, many times that I work so hard preparing these cars. And, you know, when I was working at D&D, as well as running the ministry, I had to come home every evening and work on automobiles until I was ready to drop and go to sleep. And, you know, she says, you know, I just have to do that. I have to make these cars the best possible that I can so that when the people get them, they know that we've done our greatest and the Lord has provided the best car that we could provide. And the Lord blesses that kind of work. This couple, this young couple, <laughs> they're, they're, well, well, you're still young. I mean, come on, Moses yes, didn't get his, fir- he didn't get his first job until he's 80. You guys aren't anywhere <laughs> close to that. These, this couple provides cars free of charge to missionaries coming off off the field on furlough for emergencies. They've been doing it out of their hearts and out of their souls for years. They've got an organization called Missionary Ministries. They're looking to perpetuate this ministry, grow this ministry, and they need your help. They need good quality used automobiles. Instead of trading them in, get a ridiculous amount on trade. If, if your cars are running, got AC that's working, 
Give these guys a call. You get a full tax write-off, and then these cars will go into service, serving those who serve others each and every day. But they also need people that have a mind for mission right here in the United States of America, right here in St. Petersburg, because they're looking for a couple or couples to grow this ministry and perpetuate this ministry when they're going to be someday in the future too tired to keep it going. So look them up online at missionaryministries.org, missionaryministries.org. Tom and Lois, with our few remaining minutes, I really want to talk about what do you guys see in the missionaries that come off the field? What what are you seeing their biggest needs are? Because they come home and they've got needs needs, don't they? Right. Automobiles and is now become even greater than housing. That people, as Florida, the economy has gone down, a lot of people have got rid of their second and third cars. And so the automobiles have kind of actually jumped ahead of the housing now, that there's quite a few agencies now that are supplying housing. But we are the only ones in the state of Florida providing you're the, automobiles. You're the only one in the state of Florida. So 20 million people, and maybe 5 or 6% of them going to church, so there's 1.2 million of them going to church, and you're the only ministry providing free automobiles for 30 days for missionaries coming off, off the field. That's right. And you're in St. Petersburg, so you're 8 hours from Key West and 8 hours from Pensacola. But you'll, but you'll supply, will you supply a car to somebody that's in those areas too? Yes, we get them all the time coming from Miami, Jacksonville, and Pensacola because we have Global uh, Ministries. Global Ministries is based out of uh, Pensacola. We have missionaries that drive up to Pensacola and Jacksonville, everywhere, all over with our automobiles. So, Lois, when you, but you're, you're dealing with the people via email. That a lot of times they're stressed. They're coming home. There's a lot of stuff for them to arrange. They're coming home to raise money, which missionaries are usually very good at teaching evangelism and discipleship, but they're not, they don't love to raise money because it's not in their gifting set, but they need a vehicle to be able to go raise money and go thank parishioners that are helping them out. What, what kind of mental state are these missionaries in when they come home off of fur, on furlough? Well, there's. I wish I had brought it. Anyway, I didn't know you were going to ask that question, but we had. They they get their. Stress. Well, that's on question number fourteen right there. It says, "What's the biggest need you see missionaries having when they come home?" They're stressed. They're stressed. But uh, the biggest need. I want to read this testimony okay. to you. Uh, this was sent to us in 2012, actually. Okay. And it says, from Jack and Ann Chalk, they're missionaries to Spain. It says, since its inception, missionary ministries has been a godsend to us missionaries. When we come to the St. Petersburg area, housing is important, but we are convinced that having a vehicle might be more important. To have housing without a way to go places to accomplish the purpose for being there is meaningless. The services that come with a missionary ministries vehicle, airport pickup and delivery, roadside service and great flexibility greatly surpass a car rental agency service and it is all free to missionaries unless they want to make a donation what a blessing now also there was a lady who sent me a an email and we had just told her that we had reserved a car for her family and she wrote back right away and she said thank you i can go to sleep tonight mm. What a huge ministry of serving the servants. And that is just such a huge need. Please look up Tom and Lois Wilson online at missionaryministries.org, missionaryministries.org. These guys have needs. They need good quality vehicles donated to them. You can get a tax write-off. They need money donated to them. You can get a tax write-off for that, too. Isn't that great? Keep in mind, when I'm 70 years old, 20-some years from now, 
There probably won't be a tax write-off for that stuff anymore. That'll be illegal to support religion and get a tax write-off. Do it now while you can. They also need people to be praying about helping perpetuating this ministry into the future and growing it. They could use some cash inflow to help grow this ministry because they're ministering to so few people, and there's hundreds and thousands of needs each and every year all over the country. So please keep them in mind, missionaryministries.org. Hey, we're coming to the end of another I Work Rim show, and listen, I'm looking for a thousand people in Tampa Bay to take the I Work For Him challenge. Become part of the I Work For Him nation. A thousand people to start praying for their coworkers and employees. A thousand people to fa- for those people to look ways to reach out to their coworkers and employees outside of work. Ways to serve those people and looking for ways to pray with those people each and every day. I'm looking for a thousand people to take the I Work For Him cha- challenge to be the best and brightest example of a person in your position in your workplace. I'm looking for a thousand people to live a consistent witness at home in your neighborhood, in your office and recognize that you're a Christ follower no matter where you are. Contact me via Facebook, email contact me on my website contact us or subscribe to the I Work For Him podcast and newsletters but let me know you're willing to do that. I've got an email over the weekend. I'll announce that tomorrow people are interested in taking the I Work For Him challenge. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host Jim Brangenberg I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.